Hello everybody, my name is Dave Darricott and I would like to welcome you all back to the next Performance Assurance Code Manager podcast. During this podcast, we'll be continuing the Performance Assurance series and talking this time with Rebecca about the Performance Assurance Board, also known as the PAB. As a reminder, I would urge everybody to keep checking the REC website for updates. We recently held a, an industry session on the report catalogue, which the recording of the slide has been published to the REC website. Rebecca, thanks for joining me in this podcast. Please, could you introduce yourself and tell us who the PAB are and how did they get established? So thank you, Dave, and hello, everyone. So I'm Rebecca Mottram, and I work as part of the Performance Assurance Code Manager team. And a key aspect of my role has been the PAB secretary. So just a bit of background on the PAB. So it's a rec committee, and it's made up of a mixture of industry representatives and also independents. So from September, when the enduring PAB is in place, the membership will include three supply representatives, as well as representatives for gas transporter, distribution network operators, and also meter equipment managers. We also have representatives from other co-bodies like the BSC and the UNC. And we've also got representatives for the consumers from Citizens Advice. And finally, the membership is also made up of three independents. So these are individuals outside of the industry who are being appointed by the RECO board. So the PAP have a number of different responsibilities, which are detailed in the performance assurance schedule, but also in its terms of reference. So this includes being responsible for agreeing the priority of risk monitoring, applying performance assurance techniques in order to drive rep party and service provider performance, but also being the ultimate decision maker in performance assurance outcomes. So I understand that there is currently an interim PAB, which will be replaced by a permanent PAB ahead of the 1st of September go live. Is that correct? And, and why are we changing them? Yes, that's right, Dave. So back just before Christmas, Ofgem and RECO Board appointed an interim PAB. So the purpose of this group was to set up a, a group of subject matter experts to work alongside us as the Performance Assurance Code Manager to really review and challenge our products as we've been developing our performance assurance framework over the last few months. So the interim PAB has been really crucial to help shape our vision for the REC performance assurance regime. And we've been really, really grateful for the time these members have committed over the last seven months or so. So similar to the enduring PAB, the interim PAB was made up of a, a number of industry representatives who've met each month with their last meeting being at the end of July. So they were really set up, as I just mentioned, to support us during the mobilisation process. And we're now at the process of really concluding uh, a nomination and elections process for the enduring PAB, which uh, finished at the end of July. So is the election complete or can we still nominate or vote? How, how long is a PAB member's tenure? Yes, that's right, Dave. So the nomination and election process concluded at the end of July, but we're just currently waiting for the record board to confirm appointments of members. So a big thank you to all those who have participated in the nominations and election process. So whether you were nominated or you sent a vote in to us, we will shortly be writing to contract managers to confirm appointments. In terms of how long PAB members are in place, 
This is for three years as detailed in the PAB terms of reference. So if you weren't successful in this time around and being appointed on the PAB, what we'd recommend is that you actively engage by reviewing and looking at all the PAB meeting materials, which will be published on the REP portal from September, and then engaging with the PAB member representatives to share your views. Thanks, Rebecca. That's really useful. So what exactly is your role then and your involvement with the PAB? Good question, Dave. So as the PAB Secretary, my role is really to coordinate PAB business with members and make sure that key decisions are made at the right time. So as well as risk monitoring and assessment, the PAB have quite a, uh, a large remit and will cover a number of different areas. So for example, the PAB will be responsible for determining appeals or disputes against outcomes in the qualification and maintenance process. They're also going to be responsible for reviewing and considering any derogation or sandbox trial applications made by REC parties. And also they've got a key responsibility in the REC change process. So they'll be responsible for developing as well as deciding upon change proposals related to performance assurance. So I'll be working really closely with the Code Manager team to make sure these items are brought to the PAB in a timely manner and also to make sure the PAB makes effective decisions. So there's plenty to do, but I'm really looking forward to it. That's great. So tell me a bit more about the, about the PAB then. So how, how often do they meet? Yeah, so the PAB um, will meet monthly, similar to other REC committees, with the meeting being held on the last Tuesday of each month. But there may be instances where we need to have extraordinary PAB meetings where urgent decisions are required. So the intention is to hold PAB meetings remotely, similar to, again, other REC committees. But of course, there may be instances where we want to get together and meet in person. So this is going to be kept quite flexible based on PAB matters and also business needs. So you mentioned earlier that the PAB is involved in the qualification and maintenance process. And what, what does this cover? So the Performance Assurance Co-Manager is really responsible for determining the qualification status of REC parties as they go through the entry assessment process and also maintenance of qualification process. So it'll be our role as the Co-Manager to keep the PAB informed of the status of parties' qualification. But we'll also be responsible for escalating any appeals to the PAB. So, for example, if a party is not happy with a particular decision the code manager has made, we'll escalate this to the PAB. The PAB will also be responsible for providing information to us as the code manager on sector-specific risks that the PAB really wants to be mitigated and assured against. So us as a code manager will monitor these different PAB risk decisions related to entry assessment and we'll be responsible for updating the entry assessment criteria as and when required. Okay, and then performance assurance and risk monitoring uh, is another element of the PAB. I uh, assume that this is the ongoing assessments that we've covered in, in the previous podcasts, is that right? Yeah, that's right, Dave. So you and Anton have covered this in quite a lot of detail, I think, on the previous podcast. I can provide a, a few summary points um, if that's helpful. So the PAB's role is really to oversee the performance assurance framework. So the performance assurance framework or PATH is an assurance regime that focuses on risks to retail energy consumer outcomes and the effectiveness of the retail market. 
So as a code manager, we have a role in assuring path participants, which includes rec parties, rec service providers, and also specific non-parties that are rec service users. So the PAB's role will be to monitor and assess the data associated with prioritised retail risks, and they will make informed decisions to help improve performance in the market. So this really will include the PAB setting thresholds on each metric that will be monitored by us as the code manager. Where these thresholds are not met by parties, then these will immediately be acted upon through the application of performance assurance techniques, also known as PATs. Okay, that's really helpful. Um, so what could you expand a bit on the PATs? What, what is it exactly? Yeah, so what we mean by the application of PATs is in response to high or increasing risk scores, the code manager can use PAT. So PATs will be applied based on the monthly risk monitoring process, which may also involve the PAB. So us as a code manager, we produce a PATs document that sets out the processes and safeguards in place over the use of these performance assurance techniques. So for some techniques, such as notifying PAP participants of identified performance issues, the code manager will do this automatically. But for more complex PATs and whether these are applied, we will seek PAP approval. So the code manager can apply over 17 performance assurance techniques and also we have three escalation routes. So if anyone wants more information about these PATs, I really recommend having a look at our guidance documents that we produce. So we've got a performance assurance user guide, which will be published on the REP portal on September, as well as a number of other PATH products, which are available on the REC website. Okay, thanks, Rebecca. That's really useful. Um, just to go back slightly, you mentioned sandbox and derogations. Um, could you just give us a bit more on those, if that's all right, please? So any REC party may apply for a derogation or a sandbox trial to the PAB, and this is through completing a sandbox or derogation application form on the REC portal. So this will be available from September. So there's a bit of background on what a derogation and sandbox are. A derogation is an exemption from or a relaxation of one or more REC obligations. So REC parties may apply for a derogation directly or may enter the process by a sandbox application to trial a new product, service, or business model in the market. The PAB will review derogation or sandbox applications and decide whether to grant the derogation or agree to the sandbox trial. As part of this decision, they'll also make a decision on whether to impose any conditions or any terms, or even set the duration of that derogation or sandbox trial. So again, we've produced a user guide to detail the sandbox and derogation application process, which will be available on the REC portal from September. So if anyone is interested in understanding more on the application process, I'd really recommend having a look at this user guide. And it provides a bit more information about what is needed when submitting your application. Great. So I also understand that uh, the PAB are responsible for, for change. So is there a specific process that we need to follow? Yeah, so similar to other REC committees, the PAB have a really important role in the REC change process. So first of all, they're entitled to raise um, change proposals, and this is to really address issues or make improvements to the REC rules. 
So this may be off the back of identifying uh, a retail risk that they want to mitigate, or for example, they may want to raise a change proposal as a consequence of a sandbox trial or derogation. They also have a really important role in providing expert advice on change proposals related to performance assurance. And they may even vote to approve or reject change proposals where they have been assigned as the responsible committee for that particular change. So just to provide a bit of an example of what an example change may be that the PAB is involved in, this could be, for example, a new performance assurance technique has been identified. So um, the PAB will be responsible for progressing this change through the change process if uh, a change to the performance assurance schedule is needed or to one of the PAP products. Okay, great, thank you. And then finally, uh, I understand that the PAP obviously have a, an appeals and escalations process. Could you provide a brief overview to this as well? Yes, of course, Dave. So there's several different areas in the REC that may require appeals process. So in some instances, appeals are escalated to the PAP, but in other circumstances, it may be to the record board or Ofgen. So this really depends on the nature of the topic being appealed and who was the original decision maker. So just to provide you a few examples, so appeals on change proposals, for example, and change proposal decisions, these will be automatically appealed to Ofgen. But there are a number of instances where decisions made by the code manager may be appealed to the PAP. So for example, decisions on the qualification and maintenance process, also metering accreditations. So where the PAB were the decision-making body in the first instance, such as derogation or sandbox applications or even performance assurance matters, then these areas will be appealed to Ofgem or the record board. So in terms of escalations, there's also a number of different rec schedules where organisations like rec parties may raise operational disputes. So an example of that may be in relation to the resolution of erroneous switches. So similar to appeals, the escalations processes often vary uh, and so do the associated timescales. So from CSS Go Live, the resolution of consumer facing switching and billing problems schedule in the REC, this places a greater clarity and consistency on how escalation of operational disputes should be managed, which are previously set out in the MRA and SPA transition schedules. However, to provide a bit more clarity and guidance to parties, we've also produced guidance on appeals and escalation process. So if you're interested in finding out a bit more then our PAP procedures document, as well as the performance assurance user guide, provides more information to parties on how they can raise appeals or escalations through um, submitting a form on the REC portal. Once a form has been submitted, us as the code manager, we will work closely with the PAB to ensure these matters are escalated and dealt with in a timely manner. Thank you, Rebecca. That is quite a lot of information to take in. Um, where can our listeners find more information about the PAB? Absolutely, Dave. So we've we've already published quite a lot of information on the REC website already ahead of the REC portal going live from the 1st of September. So at the moment, you can already see a number of our PATH products, such as our risk register, the report catalogue, through to our performance assurance methodology and our performance assurance techniques. 
So when the rep portal goes live, there's going to be a whole array of further information and a number of different guidance documents. So, for example, different user guides, which I've mentioned already today, but also the PAD terms of reference and PAD procedures. But of course, if anyone has any questions, you know, please feel free to reach out to us and we'll be happy to provide some further guidance. Rebecca, thank you very much for your time. That's really helpful and a great insight into who the PAB are and what they do. Just as a reminder to everybody, our previous podcast sessions are available on the REC website and also recordings of our two industry sessions. The uh, first one being market entry, uh, in-flight market entry and annual maintenance, which is on the 10th of June. And also our session on the report catalogue held on the 27th of July. Uh, Both of these recordings and slides are on the REC website. Again, please also keep checking the FAQ section of the REC website as new questions are continuing to be posted and updated all the time. Again, as Rebecca has mentioned, if there are any further questions or thoughts, please do send them in. But thank you all once again for listening and we'll, we'll speak to you next time.